Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 737. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, uh, including postage and handling. We don't uh, put you on any mailing list whatsoever. Uh, you'll see to that. And um, today I have uh, another powerful message because it's from the Word of God. Uh, God has called me to teach the world the Bible. And the world is totally the opposite of the Bible, but uh, a lot of the people in the world are starting to receive the gospel, many of them down through the years. And uh, we know that there's uh, t- two different forces. One of them is the weak and beggarly force, and one is the powerful force that no one can stand against God. All right, and then I also have some music and some letters today. But right now, let's ask the Lord to anoint uh, as usual, myself, during this message, because I never know um, at all what the Lord is going to bring out in the message. But uh, we'll find out soon, won't we? Father, anoint this message. Continue piping yourself, your words, through me, because uh, my words don't mean anything at all, only your words. So anoint me with your Holy Spirit, anoint the message, And do what you will with me. I pray, Lord God, that souls will be saved and that they'll be healed and that they'll be um, delivered from Satan, that they'll be given power, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in you, and that the church uh, will continue to receive from you the words of life, which are your words, their spirit and life. Lord, bind Satan. And you always bind Satan by the preaching of the word of God when it's directed from the Holy Spirit, from the throne of God. Lord, I pray that you'll do this and that more and more doors will open. I thank you for all the doors, all the resources you've been sending to us down through the years. And uh, Lord, I praise you and give you all the glory. Uh, And I pray that everybody in the church will have a thankful heart and that the people in the world will have a thankful heart too. Lord, some people in the church, they um, believe that they deserve what they get, and they never are thankful. But, Lord, I thank God, I thank you, Father, that you, um, that I hear in the voices of people that write in thankfulness and great joy for your words. Lord, I thank you and praise you. I ask all these things that you'll do these things for us and shut the doors to Satan. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, here's a song that I sang. Uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra and Nancy Sinatra gave it to me through Billy Strange, who runs the publishing company for them. The Frank and uh, Sinatra uh, Music Publishing Company. It's called Sunday School to Broadway. She used to stand, clap her hands, and sing Amazing Grace While the tears of childhood innocence were rolling down her face Mama prayed at night and raised her right hand, thought she knew the way But it's a long, long way from Sunday school to where she is today It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway Long way from the girl she used to be. 
the evening stand in a gospel tent down on her bended knees. There she gave her soul to Jesus, and he set her spirit free. But the cold night air out on Times Square, it put she fell back home. And it's a long, long way from Sunday school to New York nights alone. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. She's a long way from the girl she used to be. When you sing a sinner song, it's hard to find your way back home. Cause it's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. Then her eyes grew bright in the cold, dark night, and a halo framed her face. And a passerby swore he heard her cry, did he hear amazing grace? They couldn't see the man who took her hand as she lay there in the street. And it's a long, long way from Broadway to a place at the master's feet. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. She's a long way from the girl she used to be. When you sing a sinner's song, it's hard to find your way back home. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. She's a long way from the girl she used to be. When you sing a sinner song, it's hard to find your way back home. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway. She's a long way from the girl she used to be. Praise the Lord. Yes, it is. It's a long way. But some people fall there so fast. Uh, the person, um, people, they love their wives and they're so devoted to their children and everything. And all of a sudden they're missing. Something happened. Uh, somebody said something that uh, made them fall away, or something. The devil came and talked talk to them and told them something that uh, wasn't true. Of course, Satan can't tell the truth, and led them astray. And what they really need to do is to realize that and get a grip on themselves. Get a grip on themselves by getting a hold of the Lord. And for the Lord, because uh, the Lord didn't come to destroy people. He, uh, he, 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 uh, came to save human beings. Uh, he loved all of us and so much that he died on the cross. He kept all the commandments and then he, uh, put up with the shame of the cross. He went through with it. Well, we're at, uh, what, uh, chapter are we in now? Chapter nine. nine. We're almost at the end of nine. I think it's, uh, we're at verse 54. We were, we, I read 54 the other day, but I'd bring you back up to speed again. We're at 54 and it says, and when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume these people, even as Elias did? Verse 55. Well, that was Old Testament. Uh, but now we have the power of God in us to give good testimonies. You know, when people see me go through all the 
Yeah, well, they see Jesus going through all the, uh, what most people would call hell on earth, and it was. And then when they see us being thrown in prison and beaten and shot at and just defamed and uh, false things said about us, you know, as people say, man, he must have God in him or he wouldn't be able to put up with all these things. Um, so Jesus uh, had turned uh, and rebuked them because he wants us to do that. He wants us to put up with all this stuff. He wants us to rebuke and reprove people, but, uh, and so you have to learn the Bible to know when to do that and when not to. So many people are just out there. You have to put on the full armor of God. You can't go out there with a paper birthday uh, hat on and a little wooden sword, but you have to have the double-edged sword, the Word of God. You really know, have to know how to swing it because it's sharp on both edges. If you believe what it says, It'll cut into your heart and spirit and your soul and cause you to be circumcised in your heart to where everything that the Lord says to you will enter into your heart because it's cut open. Uh, you have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. But if we don't let the Lord cut us open and begin to consume the us out of us, so that the Christ alone with the Father by the Spirit lives in us, and we're not going to be any examples to people in the world. The people are lost. They're in darkness. They're stumbling. They see all kinds of people uh, fleecing the sheep and uh, ripping the hide off of them, taking their money and not doing anything, preaching anything. And they're not really telling the truth. But uh, Jesus said he turned and rebuked these people for thinking this way and said, you know, you're in the New Testament. Now, you know not what manner of spirit ye are of. You don't know that you're saying demonic things. Sure, we could bring down fire if I let you. You could bring down fire and consume them. But how would that make them saved? Uh, they're evil, but they don't even know it. And you don't even know what spirit you're of. Because you wouldn't be saying these things if you knew what I'd come to uh, do with men. Uh, verse 56, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives. You don't know this, I guess. I guess, I reckon. I didn't come to uh, to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Well, how are we going to, how are they going to know that we're of the Lord if we don't do what the Lord says? I'd like to mention this because there's a friend of mine that builds steel buildings and he was putting up some steel buildings for me over in the Falk, Arkansas area. And he was telling me that, uh, his pastor dressed up like a bum and was leading against, uh, uh, building right near his church and everybody had to pass by this building in order to go to church. Here the whole congregation came out there, and not one of them, they passed this man up like he was the plague. And so he had this old beat-up hat on, beat-up shoes and everything. So he goes into the pulpit, and, uh, you know, not one of them says, Can I help you? Would you like to know about the Lord? Can I feed you? Can I give something to you? Can I help you? 
So Jesus uh, rebukes these kind of people. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men, his lives, but to invite them to church, to preach the gospel to them, to feed them, to clothe them, to ask them if they need any help. And they went to another village, verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee. Well, whithersoever thou goest. Verse 58, And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes that they live in, and birds of the air have nests to live in, and to sleep in. But the Son of Man, that has God in him, has not where to lay his head. There's no certain place where I live. I don't have a hacienda. I don't have a house. I don't have any certain dwelling place. Verse 59. And he said unto another, and Jesus said to another, Come on, follow me. But the man said unto the Lord, uh, uh, Let me first go to, to go and bury my father. Well, here it is, his heavenly father calling him to come and follow him. And his dad is dead and his soul is wherever it is. Now, there's so many people think that if you um, honor the dead more than you do the Lord, that you're just going to, the Lord is looking down on you and smiling. But let's hear what the Lord says about that. Suffer me to first go and bury my father. That isn't your father. Your father is the Lord, the Lord God who created you out of the dirt of the ground, blew his breath into you. Verse 60, Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. This man, your dad, is dead. Let other dead people, the people that are dead in their spirits like your dad was, let them bury him. Oh, that's so crude that God would say something like that. The man's soul is wherever it is, folks. And this is the real God that's saying, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Learn what the kingdom of God is and go and preach it, because those people that you're going to be preaching to are still alive. They're not dead yet. And if you preach to them, they will possibly receive the gospel and go to heaven when they die. But if you don't go to them, then they will go to hell if they don't hear the gospel. And you'll be the cause of it. And the blood of their souls will be on your hands. This is really what the gospel is saying, folks. Verse 61. And another also said, Lord... I, let's see, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid. I have to go bid my family, he's saying. Um, them and my family to bid them farewell, which are a, at home at uh, my house. Verse 62, and Jesus said unto him, No man. I'm talking about no man 
having put his hand to the plow. In other words, you're saying you want to serve me. And looking back to your family, your friends, or any of these people, no one like that is, is fit for the kingdom of God. So this kind of person cannot go to the kingdom of God. When God is calling you into service for him, you don't say, let me bury my dead dad or uh, anything, or let me help my dad clean the nets. Uh, he's a fisherman, and he's uh, old and feeble and so on. And uh, let me go help him out a little bit. Or uh, my mother needs me, and uh, needs me at home. And the Lord says, come and follow me. And then your mother will see, my God, this my son is leaving me to serve God. God must be more uh, important to him than I am. I have to trust in God too then. But if you don't, uh, if you don't follow the instructions of the Lord, your parents haven't got a chance. Your sons, your daughters, your friends, your family, they don't have a chance. They have to see you make a definite stand for God so that they can respect God. If you respect them more than God, they figure, yeah, you don't really respect God. So what kind of a witness are you? Somebody says, I say to the Lord, oh, Lord, he used to fright me. He scared the hell out of me in that office in Beverly Hills when he began speaking to me. And when you call me, the guy start looking now, you know, for the, the truth, how you can learn the word of God. Well, Lord, can I go to um, over to Billings, Montana, where my mother is first, and tell her farewell, bye-bye, and all this kind of garbage? The Lord, I knew just because of the way that he threatened me that he wouldn't put up with that. This is God, and I'm going to go to my mother's house? What did my mother ever do for me? She gave me birth. That's it. But I wanted my mother to be saved. And during the course of the time that I was saved, she called up and said, and she was uh, an alcoholic. And she said, son, the Bible says that you're supposed to uh, support your mother. And I knew enough of the word of God to come back at her and say, Lord, uh, 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 mom, the Lord doesn't say that. He says, leave your mother and leave your father uh, and take up the cross and follow me. And she went, huh, like that. And I, she says, I wish your father would have been. I says, this money that I have here is for the Lord and for his work. And my wife and I made it together. And it's not for you, Mom. You just spend it up on the alcohol. And I, I'm not going to do that. And she said, I wish your dad would have been like you. He gave away everything that we had. And so later on, she was sick in bed. She was dying. And so we went to Butte, Montana, where she was in the hospital. Sue and I did. And we sent her all kinds of gifts. Uh, Susie wrapped, wrapped up little things that she liked to eat in little packages. And um, she uh, put little uh, nightgowns in there and the nice bathrobes and slippers and all kinds of little gifts. And it was a whole big box full of stuff. Uh, she even sent a can of uh, real nice asparagus. Uh, this is stuff my mother liked. And so um, 
she loved it, everything. She said it was like an adventure going through all the little packages that she wrapped up. And I, I just thought I never heard anybody do anything like this. And so we went there to see her just before she passed away. And uh, she started asking questions about the Lord. And I witnessed to her, and Susie uh, witnessed to her. And the Spirit of the Lord came down in that room, that hospital room. And my Aunt Viola was there. And my Aunt Viola started spinning around in circles. And she says, oh, my God, I feel God. I feel God. And my mother was telling me, she said, uh, I saw a vision of the Lord, too, my boy. And I said, really? I said, what was it? She said, I saw the great white throne. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Jesus came between me and the great white throne and said, not yet, Father, she's not ready. And I said, Mom, uh, that just goes to show that uh, you need to be born again of the Spirit because you're not ready and God's going to take you out. I, I don't mince any words because when somebody I love as much as my mother is going out to meet God, I want, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, it's not really going to happen, Mom, and all this kind of stuff that unsaved people say. I said, he's going to take you out, Mom. I said the same thing to my brother Danny. I said, God's going to take you out, Danny. The night before he died, I says, you're going out to meet him. We've been praying for you that you'll be uh, uh, saved, that he'll heal you and all that, but he's not going to do that. Turn that stinking television set off in your room in the hospital. And so they turned it off right away, and I had Jennifer, uh, a sister in the church, who was dying one time, and her husband called up and uh, John Colbeck and told me, my wife is dying, will you pray for her? And I started praying, and the Lord says, uh-uh, don't you pray for her. You tell her that she must touch the throne of God tonight or she's going to die. And it was an unknown, some kind of unknown disease that the doctors didn't even know how to handle. So I told him that, and I said, tell her or she'll die. Um uh, she called on the Lord. She touched the throne. She has to touch the throne because she wasn't what she was supposed to be in the Lord. And she touched the throne, and the Lord healed her. Her sister is here right now. Come over and tell about it a little bit, okay? Michelle, your sister, is this true what I'm saying? Absolutely. She was dying, and we didn't we didn't expect her to make it. She, she looked like, she, they said that she looked like death eating a cracker, and she was um they didn't expect her to make it through the night, and um, the testimony that she's always told me is that the pastor, she got a message that um, Tony told her that if she didn't touch the throne that night, that God was going to take her and that she was going to go to hell. Yeah, and they also, I also told them that the Lord said, my praying for her won't do any good. She has to touch the throne. Amen. Okay, then what? And she said that she and she prayed with everything she had. She said that she she prayed with every fiber of her being. And she said that the Lord showed her a vision of him. And she was just reaching out to him and reaching out to him. And she was praying and she touched his garment. And um, right after that, after she had that vision and after she touched the throne, um, they just immediately they started being able to take tubes out of her. And it was like a miracle. The doctors couldn't believe it. She lived. And they said there was no way that she was going to be able to make it. Right, and there was another one, Frankie, in the church. Uh, I told him to get, go back to Nashville. He was in Los Angeles here, and his mother and sister were coming. The next day, 
He says, what am I to tell my mother and sister? And there was a man coming from Spain. I had a, uh, a uh, clothing store in Nashville called the Alamo of Nashville. And uh, I was, uh, the Lord told me, you got to get Frankie out of town or he's uh, going to be in bad shape tomorrow. And so he said, well, what about Kitch? How come he can't just... I said, because the Lord never told me, Kitch, he said, you. He said, but my mother's coming and my sister and uh, this man from Spain is coming to sell us boots and stuff like that. And I want to be there. I said, all I can tell you, Frankie, is what the Lord said. And um, he uh, didn't pay any attention to me. He kept begging to stay. And I told him, look, do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you what the Lord said. Next day, he got his heart crushed in a uh, automobile accident. Kitchener was in the car with him in the back seat. Kitchener never got hurt at all, but his heart was crushed, and the doctor told me he'll never make it through the night. Never. And I saw the ticker tape that comes out of those heart uh, monitoring machines, and it was like waves. It wasn't jagged up and down like uh, uh, heart uh, monitors do. And uh, so I told him, I told you, uh, that something like this would happen. And uh, so I know, I know. And uh, so I, uh, the Lord told me the same thing about don't even pray for him. Tell him he has to touch the throne of the Lord and he will die. The same thing happened with Brian Bingham. Uh, Brian, uh, I was praying and praying for him, and the Lord told me, don't you? It was like he put a loop around my heart with barbed wire and started pulling it with each word that he was saying, don't you want him to go to heaven? And I said, yes, Lord. Then he said, stop praying for him. So, you know, a lot of people think that God is going to answer every prayer and that you're supposed to pray for everybody. If the Lord tells you not to, you cannot. But anyway, back at the hospital room in Butte, Montana, my mother got saved gloriously. The Spirit came down, and we're also able to pray through my Aunt Viola. Uh, she was... Uh, she just really uh, needed to be saved very much as well. Later on, we were in uh, Zuma Beach. That's right next to Malibu in our house overlooking the ocean. We got rid of that house and moved into a $60 a month house right behind a filling station. And there was our phones went out and the fire department came up there and said, uh, I want to bring a message that your mother is dead. She passed away. And so I went immediately, I started going to the bedroom because I just wanted to weep because I didn't know for sure if she had made it. And as I lay down on the bed, uh, the Lord came down and said, she's right here with me. She's right here with me. Calm down. <laughs> it changed my tears to laughter. I was so happy. What a wonderful feeling to know. Uh, that the Lord didn't send, uh, he didn't come into this world to destroy souls. Uh, and when he calls you to come into the ministry, he doesn't want you to say, well, I got to go tell mama or dada, uh, or make up any excuse. No man, having put his hand to the plow. In other words, that is, said, Lord, I want to be saved and all that. And looking back, Looking back at the world, looking back at Mama, she's part of the world. She's not even saved yet. You're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. 
Okay, verse 10. Now, uh, since uh, this happened, this healing happened to Jennifer, how many children has she had since then? Five. Five children. And the Lord would not let me pray for her. He said, it won't do you any good. She has to hit the throne. That's the same thing with everybody. You know, you people that are relying on your pastors to do in the praying for you or somebody else, don't rely on them, people. Rely on yourself because it's a commandment for all of us to pray without ceasing and to pray always and to get, don't just pray amiss, but get up to the throne because you don't know what the Lord has in store for you tomorrow or to later on tonight or in the afternoon. Uh, a babysitter of ours, uh, her, she used to babysit for us and, uh, before I was saved. And um, her husband got up, kissed her goodbye, got in a car in Cleveland, Ohio, and a car came over the guardrail and smashed him to smithereens, sent him right out into eternity, not saved. You don't know when you're putting your shoes and socks on in the morning, combing your hair and all that and getting ready, taking your shower, putting on your deodorant and all that, that you're going to even live to get to your job. So it's always very important to be very careful. Very careful because there is only one salvation in the world and it's through Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So listen to him. He says, you're not worth, you're not fit. You're not worth anything. Uh, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. If you, you started out with the gospel and all of a sudden, well, I have to leave the gospel field, the whole, the spiritual realm and go and take care of my dead mother who's not even saved. She'll get saved by you leaving her far more than it would be that if you stayed next to her. But I love my mother. If you love her, then keep God's commandments and he'll heal her and save her. It's a promise of God. All right? So make sure that you do. I'm teaching you the truth. And I'm teaching you from my own experiences. So I stopped praying for Brian Bingham. He says, then don't stop praying for him. So I did. And within, I was on the phone with the hospital. Uh, out in, near Victorville. It was in Victorville. And um, one of the boys at the church was there with him. Young men, actually. And he said, Brian just died. And he's in heaven because I stopped praying for him. Now, you people, you know, you better not wor uh, think about having somebody pray you out of purgatory. There's no such place in the first place. But there's no way you can be bought out of hell. There's no money that can buy your way into heaven. You have to be obedient to the Lord. You have to learn uh, how to discern his voice and what to do. Because if I didn't know that, I would have prayed for Jennifer and uh, she'd have been lost. And I would have kept praying for Brian Bingham and he might have lived. Don't you want him to go to heaven? I said, yes, Lord. And he said, then stop praying for him. Because I do answer your prayers. And he'll go to hell if you keep praying for him. So he went to heaven. And we got the witness of that after he went on to be with the Lord.
Okay, this is chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70, 70 more disciples as well, and sent them two and two. Now, that's important, you know, that uh, when you get saved, you have to go with two people because the world is against you in the first place, the people of the world and the government, Satan's government, and they want to destroy you. And so if you're by yourself, and Satan wants to destroy you too, if you're by yourself, you might might slip out of your mouth, Satan is telling me to leave right now, and then the person that's with you will say, don't do it because that's your eternal soul that is after, and you can pray with them and get them back into the fold. Uh, and then another thing too, if they falsely accuse you, you have another witness to testify for. There's always a good reason why we must do what the Lord says. He sends them out two and two, and that's the way you're supposed to go. Don't split up or think that you can do that and get by with it, because something's going to happen. The Lord is always right. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 people to be in the fold also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he uh, himself would come. In other words, they were the advanced crew. Eventually, he's going to go there too. Verse 2, Therefore said Jesus unto them, The harvest truly is great. I mean, when you look uh, for hundreds of miles out in Montana, there's like wheat fields. And, you know, when the harvest is ripe, they get all kinds of, there's these people, farmers, uh, or wheat farmers used to uh, buy their own combinders and things like that. But now what they do is they hire these guys that have maybe 20, 30, 40 of these things, and they come in a crew and do the whole harvest in just one or two days or, you know, less than a week. But uh, the Lord is saying the harvest, and he's talking about human souls that need to be saved, uh, is truly is great. Man, there's like six billion people on earth, maybe more. And so there's a great need for people to go out into the harvest field. I mean, people that are armed and armored with the word of God. The whole armor of God, you can read it in the book of Ephesians is to put it on, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. All these things come from the word of God, the helmet of salvation. You read the word of God and you begin doing the things that the word of God says, and then you know that by this helmet that you put on that you're saved. And then your heart is not convicting you or your spirit. Uh, Your conscience is not uh, constantly saying you're lost, you're lost. But you've got the breastplate of righteousness. You've got the boots of salvation. The gospel shoes are where you're treading. Uh, you know, when you're plowing a field, I noticed when I used to work on a farm, there'd be all kind of uh, snakes and varmints, uh, gophers and squirrels, and they'd be living in the ground. And you're breaking up their household, and that's what you're doing is breaking up Satan's house. Here on this earth, you're plowing with the gospel, the double-edged sword. You're whacking these demons back and forth and whacking the false doctrine that is in people's hearts and souls and in their brains. Uh, 
that's what it is that we have to have many people that are doing these things out in the harvest field because the harvest truly is great. But there are very few laborers. But the laborers are few. There are very few laborers. So the Lord hasn't appointed us to just go to church and not do the work. He wants us by our work, uh, by faith, we're saved. And we're saved and by no other way but by faith, not by works. But when we get saved, we are commanded to go out into the world, the harvest field. The world is the harvest field. It's the, we, the, uh, the field where we have to sow the word of God. We have to get out there and distribute literature. If you can't preach, then uh, write in for some of my literature because you can tell by the letters that we get that the souls that uh, read the literature are being saved. And they're being filled with the Holy Spirit too. Atheists and all kinds of uh, people. Muslims are being saved by the thousands, even maybe the millions. But the harvest truly is great, but the laborers, uh, the real true Christians that are getting out there and doing what the Lord said are few. And so let's pray to the Lord, it says, that Jesus tells us, pray ye to the Father, therefore, uh, to pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord that wants us to go out uh, like... Uh, the Lord has told us to do that and to harvest human souls by preaching the gospel to him. That he would send forth laborers into this harvest. Okay, Father God, uh, send us more souls that really wanted to be saved and really get out there and do the work of God. Not people that just want to use the church as a crash pad where they can eat. Times are rough, but the people that are not going to be laborers in the harvest field in these last days are not going to be blessed. Eventually, they will lose their souls because they don't have purpose in their heart, the same purpose you have, Father. Lord, so, Father, we ask that you send in, that you would uh, send in laborers, send forth laborers into your harvest field father i'm asking that sincerely we need many laborers in jesus name i pray and so you keep praying that too folks so that uh, souls will be saved verse three go your ways behold he's telling these 70 disciples plus the others that he had with him go your ways behold i send you forth as lambs among wolves. I mean, you have to be innocent. You can't lie against people just because they lie about you. You can't, if they uh, do things, throw you in jail, you can't get vengeance in your heart or anything. Just keep praying to me and be careful. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Um, watch out because there's even false brothers, false brethren, false sisters. Get your ways. Go your ways. Get out of here. Behold, I send you. I'm sending you forth as lambs among wolves. You're in this world. You're not of it, but you got to know. I'm telling you that there's wolves. There's bad people. Verse 4. Carry, don't carry a purse, nor script, no money, nor shoes, two pairs of shoes, and salute no man 
by the way. Verse 5. And into whatsoever house ye uh, enter, first say, Peace be to this house. Peace from God. In other words, peace will come to you in this house if you feed me and let me preach the gospel to you. I don't eat a lot. Just lay something out for me to eat because the Lord sent me out here without any money, without an extra pair of shoes or coats or anything like that. So uh, God has sent me to your house to preach the gospel to you so that you can be saved. So I'm saying that if you do that, well, peace will come to you from God. There'll be a blessing on you. Verse 6. And if the son of peace be there, if God is there, if Christ is there, if uh, people that receive God, if Christ, the word, your peace shall rest upon it. So he saw his disciples and says, your peace shall rest upon it. That house. If not, it shall turn to you again. So if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. But if not, it shall be, it shall turn to you again. Leave the house, Christ will still be with you. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as uh, they give you. For the laborer, for those of uh, us that preach the gospel to you people, we are worthy of our hire. In other words, we're worthy enough for you to give us food and drink. Now go not... Uh, from house to house. In other words, preach the gospel in the area. Tell the people like the old widow woman did in the Old Testament to prepare a place. Make them prepare a place for you. They should, if they're of the Lord, they will prepare a place for a little bed for you to sleep. And you get up and they'll give you your uh, eggs or whatever that you're going to eat. Verse 8. And into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, uh, eat such things as are set before you. Because, you know, they're in Israel, and Israel, everybody is primarily kosher, especially back then. They didn't eat swine or lobster or uh, oysters and all these things. They ate what the Lord said is good for you. Verse 9, and heal the sick. I'm giving you the power to heal the sick that are therein. Now, if they see you healing the sick, these houses that you're going to, and they don't give you food, and they don't make a little bed for you to sleep, and if they don't let you go out and evangelize the city and then come back at night and uh, sleep and eat, uh, then, you know, say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 10. But, and if into whatsoever city you enter, 
and they receive you not when you're healing and people and casting devils out. Go your ways out into the streets of the same and say, verse 11, even the very dust of your city which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And you didn't receive it. Verse 12. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom and Gomorrah for Sodom uh, than for that city whoever rejects my disciples especially those that call my disciples a cult especially the cults in this world that call my disciples a cult when in reality you're the worst evil wicked I shake the dust of my feet off it's you. I've been in Rome, Italy, and I've distributed literatures there. And I've been confronted with guns at the Vatican, and I've been confronted with guns on the street. Troops pointing their guns at us. And uh, behold, I'm alive. Okay, I made it. Verse 13. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if uh, the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Verse 14, But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Oh, you have plenty to eat. You had an extra room in the back. You could have let them stay in the garage. You could have, um, you know, moved them in. Especially you people that have apartment houses. You're all going down the drain now because uh, the Lord is uh, involved in what's happening to everybody out there in the world. Verse 15, And thou Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. Well, how is Capernaum exalted to heaven? Because that's the city of Jesus. There's even a sign on the gate there that says, the city of Jesus. And because of the fact that it's the city of Jesus, it was exalted to heaven. Because Jesus was there, he preached there, and he uh, preached a lot there. He actually went into Peter's house there at Capernaum, which is right there at the dock, right near the dock, and uh, healed his mother-in-law. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. I got the city of Jesus. Yeah, you notice that the place has never recovered. It's never been built back at all. Verse 16. He that heareth you, you disciples, my disciples, he, he that hears you, 
Here's me, Jesus said. So if you people don't hear me and take it to heart, then you don't listen. You don't, you, you don't hear God. You don't hear Jesus. I'll say it again. He that heareth you is hearing me. And that's what you're hearing from right now is the Lord, because these words that I preach unto you are not my own. They're the words of God. And um, if you hear them, you're hearing the Lord. And he that despises you despises me. So, you know, people be careful the way you treat the Lord's disciples. Because if you despise us, you're despising the Lord Jesus. And he that despises me despises him that sent me. That's God Almighty. Verse 17. And the 17 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 18. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall down from heaven. Verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's, uh, these are figures or types or symbols of different kind of men. And over all the power of the enemy, which is the devil. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. What a wonderful promise, amen? Amen. Nothing shall hurt you. But you got to believe it, amen? Amen. All right, we have some letters. I'm going to have to continue with this message tomorrow, so don't uh, fail to tune in. Um, all right, and where's the first letter from? From Piuta, Peru. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. Hello, Pastor Lamo. I read your literature. It left me impressed by its content. I was an atheist for many years. A group of atheistic friends and me did not believe in anything. But since I read your literature, I know that God does exist. Thank you. Send a Bible and 25 pieces of your literature for my group of friends so that it can help me, so that my friends can also believe in God. Signed, Segundo, from Las Lomas, Piuta, Peru. All right, do you have another letter? Yes, from Kampala, Uganda, Africa. Okay, let's hear it. Dear Pastor, it is great to read the truth, and I am happy to have come across your world newsletter. The topic was dry bones, and I got it from a friend. That's my testimony track, folks. If you'd like to have a copy, we'd be glad to send it to you free of charge. Okay, then what? I was touched by the message therein, and I could not believe the impact in it and the prevailing anointing of the message. I went down on my knees because I realized that I still had a chance to live a godly life because Christ Jesus died for me. My heart was confirming that what I was reading was the truth and to obey. I felt freedom, joy, and peace, and I said, God, make me clean. And from that time, I have felt joy to go forward and witness to others. Secondly, would you please send me some copies of your book entitled The Messiah for distribution and a King James Version Bible for me. Also, pass any other literature which carries the true plan of salvation for our Bible study and evangelism. God richly bless your ministry and all those who work with you. Your son in the Lord, Maxwell from Kampala, Uganda, Africa. Yes, Father God. Praise the Lord for the brothers and sisters out there that have recently been saved and they let us know it. Uh, that's uh, just a great thing. 
And uh, we really appreciate it. It encourages all the brothers and sisters and many people throughout the world that are listening to the radio broadcast. So um, we definitely uh, are uh, very uh, appreciative of these letters. And right now, uh, it's time for us to pray. So, uh, if we don't pray to the Lord, we don't hear from him. And when we're praying, the Lord is saying, pray that there's going to be some uh, laborers for the harvest. And if you're really concerned, if you have mercy in your heart for people that are not saved, and you're saying, well, what about the people in Africa? Well, the people in Africa are on fire for the Lord. They're really doing a great job there and uh, throughout the whole world, but here. And uh, everywhere, there's people that need to be saved everywhere. So uh, you want to be part of this great and mighty work, you'll get the same reward that all of us get if you uh, just uh, humble yourself and let the Lord enter into you. You'll be saved. So uh, this is the prayer you say to get uh, started with the Lord. Say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all, and Father God and Holy Spirit, wash all my former filthy sins away, Jesus, in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. Therefore, I know that you have heard me. You said, everyone that calls on you shall be saved. And I'm calling on you, Lord, and therefore I know you've heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, everybody just raise your hands up in praise and thank the Lord and give him all the glory for saving your soul and giving you a first start into being a laborer in the harvest field. There's six billion people and there's so short of a time left. There's so little time left to win these souls. So start preparing, learning the word so that you can be a good witness. And um, now Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of of this uh, program number 737 it's free including postage and handling let us know whether you want a cd or an audio tape go to alamoministries.com or write to tony alamo christian ministries p.o box 6467 texarkana texas 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Lord bless you. This is World Pastor Tony Lama again saying, Tune in tomorrow for another instruction how to stand in the Lord one day at a time. To go the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of God. And here I am uh, to sing a song for you called, Lead Me, Lord, Lead Me and Guide Me. Lead me, oh Lord. Won't you lead me? I am tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me, O oh Lord, oh my dark. 
his doubt Or just open my eyes That I might see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, guide me Just open my eyes that all may see. Lead me alone, won't you lead me? I am lost if you take your hand from me. I am blind without thy light. Lord, just always let me thy servant be. Lead me, oh Lord, won't you lead me? Lead me, guide me along. Just open 